Welcome. Today we're going to read you a bedtime story. That just sounds creepy. (laughs) (laughs) You have to include this, Ollie. (laughs) Welcome to the BDC podcast, a podcast in which staff at Barking and Dagenham College share insightful and entertaining conversations with a digital learning team. We hope to enrich the community at the college by making connections in each fortnightly episode. I'm Nathan. I'm a digital learning apprentice. I'm Bailey. I'm also a digital learning apprentice. And today we are joined by staff member of the year and queen of create, learn, share, Abby Ayton from Learning and Innovation. I love that title. I think I might add that to my signature, queen of create, learn, share. Thank you. (laughs) How are you, Abby? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. I'm excited to get this podcast started. So how long have you been at the college, Abby? Um, so I started just over a year ago now. So I started on the 2nd of November, I want to say last year. Um, so yeah, just over a year. And what's been your best moments in that year? Ooh, best moments in that year. I think it's just been really nice because obviously when I started, um, a lot of it was remote. Um, so it's just been really nice. The more we've been able to come in and just get to meet other staff members and actually have that kind of face-to-face, um, connection. Um, yeah. So I think that's one of the, the highlights. And Abby, you're probably most well known for the Create, Learn, Share sessions that you do at the college. Indeed. And I feel a bit scared right now. I'm not going to lie. I feel like I owe you guys a lot. So (laughs) this is like prime time to get me back for all those curveball questions I've ever thrown at you. (laughs) So on the podcast, we ask our guests to bring a topic that they would like to discuss with us. So Abby, what have you brought to talk about today? Yes, so I have decided to talk to you all about France, which I realise is quite a big topic and we can talk about many different things. Um, But yes, this really is kind of my love letter to France, I suppose. Um, Lots of different things to talk about. Um, But I thought I'd give it a bit of context first, just explain why perhaps I love France so much, just so I don't sound a bit like a a crazy lady rambling on about France. Um, So I studied French and international relations at uni. Um, And I loved it. And part of um, studying a language at uni is that for your third year, you'll go abroad. Um, So I went abroad for my third year of uni um, and I was very lucky. I had a placement in the south of France um, and I decided to be a um, a language assistant. So I was teaching with the British Council, um, teaching in kind of vocational um, lycée, which is like a a high school um, and also in colleges as well. Um, Yeah. So a little bit of context there I suppose as to why I love France um yeah yeah I'm I'm excited to hear about this uh I speak a little bit of French from my school days so Abby whenever you're ready vous avez la parole <laughs> merci um yes I know the temptation to speak a lot of Franglish right now is very very high <laughs> um but I'll try keep it to a minimum but yeah so as I said I um did my year abroad in the south of France this was gosh, four years ago now. Um, And it was just an amazing year. I mean, so many great memories. It honestly is like without being cheesy, one of the best years of my life. Um, And I think there's so many different aspects to it as well. Um, But I think well, with British Council as well, it's very lucky in that you have a 12 hour contract, which is very nice in your time time only. So that kind of gave a lot of extra room for kind of exploring and traveling, which is something that I really, really love to do. Um, and it's something that I've definitely missed over the last couple of years. For my year abroad placement, I was working in the south in a place called Nîmes. So I don't know if either of you have ever heard of, of Nîmes. Anyone ever visited Nîmes? 
Have you been? I haven't, no. Oh, well, I have a little fun fact for you. It's not really that fun, but I think it's fun. Um, I've kind of just given it away by the name, but where does denim come from? Did you know? I'm guessing there. <laughs> yes, so yes. denim, the fabric, comes from neem, and it gets its name because you have de neem, so denim. Um, you know, de means from or of, and then neem the name. So um, I think it was the the farmer and the agricultural con- uh, culture there um, that really kind of used this this fabric, and that's where that's where denim comes from. So a little fun fact for you. Um, but if anyone hasn't visited neem, honestly when we can go abroad honestly I would recommend going there because it is just a beautiful um city in the south um and it's very Romanesque as well so there's a strong kind of Roman um and Italian culture there as well um so there's some amazing old Roman buildings and you've got like the amphitheater there as well um there's a lovely it's called the Maison Carré which is like an old temple um so the whole aesthetic of the town is just absolutely beautiful and then, of course, you have like the sunshine, which, you know, helps to add to it as, all as well. So how long were you in Nîmes for? Good question. Um, so the placement was seven months. So it's from October until April. So seven months there. But it got to the end of April and I just really couldn't bring um, myself to leave. You know, I really didn't want to leave. So I found myself um, a job in a little restaurant um, in a lovely village or a small town called um, Uzes. And again, if you um, fancy a little holiday, please go along to Uzes because, again, it's just beautiful. I mean, even more beautiful than Nîmes. Um, really, really lovely. So I don't know if you've ever heard of like the Pont du Gard, which is this lovely Roman aqueduct that's just um, nearby. Um, but I think working in the restaurant was just an amazing experience because, um, you know, I was really fully embedded in the French culture and the French way of life there, the working way of life. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of learned a lot about um French culture, but also English culture as well, because we did have a lot of um English uh, customers come in as well so I've got lots of kind of I don't know I think when you're in a different country you kind of realize more about your own culture as well um so something that really always sticks with me is um as part of the restaurant it was kind of like a, a boutique as well um so we sold lots of you know regional wines and all these lovely food bits and bobs um and we had all these wines that we had to serve and you know in in France people people love their wine you know they're very well known for their wine um, and, um, as part of, you know, when you're serving customers in France, you will always offer them like, ah, oh, you know, you want a little degustation? Do you want to try it? Try the wine? Do you like it? Um, and French people like that's completely normal. That's 100%. You always have to ask that. And I wasn't even working in a fancy French restaurant. Um, it was quite like a, a normal restaurant. Um, you know, I think in England, you perhaps find that in like very bougie restaurants, but genuinely that's just the bog standard. Like you do the little demonstration and you give them the little sip and, you know, they're swirling it around their mouth. Um, and then you go to like an English table and the English customers and you're like, oh, like, do you want to try? Do you want to try the wine? And like the difference there, they just kind of awkwardly laugh like, ha ha, yeah, uh, no, it's fine. Like, I don't mind. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Or like they'll jokingly or sarcastically be like, oh, it's disgusting. But it's just so funny because, yeah, we just we just laugh at being asked that question. Um, and French people will as well tell you if they don't like it. So we had you kind of had three of each you know, red, white and rosé, had three of each. Um, And I once gave this lady one of every, like one of the reds. So she tried each of the reds and she got to the end. She's like, I don't like any of them. And I was like, uh, 
okay, well, I don't really know what to do in that in that <laughs> circumstance as well. Um, yeah, so that that was a, a fun story and a fun memory that I have. Um, but I did feel a bit overwhelmed because, I mean, I didn't really receive any training to do with wine. And as I said, French people know about their wine. Um, so trying to explain to French people <laughs> what you're serving them when you've got absolutely no clue is is um, interesting. I kind of had these terms that I learned. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's c'est sec or like it's dry or c'est fruité, it's fruity. But really, I mean, I, I had no clue. So it was quite interesting. <laughs> I suppose that's a great way to immerse yourself in the culture and the language as well by going and having that experience at the restaurant. Yeah, definitely. It was amazing. I mean, um, as you say, just getting to work um, with French people and kind of immerse yourself fully in that. Um, I think that's the only thing with the British Council is that you're teaching English. So you still kind of got that English I don't know what the word is. You're still surrounded by English um, and you're working with the English teachers as well. So you're still doing a lot of English speaking. Um, and naturally, I think in terms of, um, you know, connections that you make when you're on your year abroad, it's really easy to fall into. Um, and I definitely did this, you know, you fall into the expat kind of pattern. You kind of find other English speakers because, you know, it's a lot easier. So um, a lot of kind of English and American friends. Um, and then so working in the restaurant, you know, it's just fully French immersion like completely um which was really really good for my French um and I think just such a rich experience yeah I mean I think I had quite the nice excuse at the beginning where you know in the restaurant when the when the chef was getting a bit angry and shouting I'd just be like yeah yeah couldn't 100% understand what he was saying but yeah you just kind of nod and you've got a little bit of an excuse there <laughs> but yeah no it was really good fun and um, I remember one one of the shifts, I think the longest shift that I worked was like a 13 hour shift. And it was the day of the um, the World Cup final. So obviously France was in the final. I can't remember who they're playing now. Who were they playing? I'm not the person <gasps> to ask. Nathan. Yeah, Do I don't really oh, watch no. football. So. <laughs> <laughs> a table of three of us and we can't even think who, <laughs> who were France playing in the World Cup final. Ollie, do you remember? Yeah, the World Cup final. Croatia yes because they knocked us out didn't they Croatia knocked us out because that was one thing I was actually really looking forward to I think it would have been so fun if England and France were in the final because I could have just been like I mean I'm really not a fan of football as you can tell I mean we didn't know <laughs> we didn't know who, who they were playing um but yeah I think that just would have been so fun to kind of have that competition there you could cheer like for whoever scores as well yeah exactly yeah exactly you, you know you win both sides um but yeah, that I will always remember that shift because it was a very long shift. So it was like a 13 hour shift. Um, and to kind of set the scene a little, Uzes is this beautiful um, kind of um, very, very old town. And you've got a lovely square in the middle. Like with many French places, you've got a lovely like bless, um, a lovely um, square and this beautiful fountain in the middle. Um, so we're all sitting. Well, I was working, but everyone's sitting and you've got the screens up. They're playing the football. Um, and I just remember being so scared when France did like win because, you know, there was like flared. There was just so many things going off and people were like all up on the fountain. Like I really didn't want this fountain to be destroyed because it was so pretty and they were like jumping all over it. Um, yeah. So that, that was a fun time to be there for the for the World Cup final. But as I said, Uzes is an absolutely beautiful place to visit. I mean, I've got a whole list coming with me I was like okay I'm gonna write down all the places that I visited um if anyone wants any travel recommendations I don't know maybe we'll start a little travel club um but I also have a little picture of 
where I stayed and I wish I could show I know that's the only thing with podcasts you can't like do a little show and tell um but if you type in Uzes in Google the I think it's like the ninth image that comes up is this beautiful kind of apartment um building it's like the end terrace um and that's where I was very fortunate to stay um there was a, a French lady that I kind of rented a room from for the months that I was there over the summer um so just yeah beautiful I feel like I'm going to say that many times, but yeah, I just, oh, I think I love the old, um, the old kind of stone, the old stone vibes and like the textures that you get in France, um, it's particularly in the South as well. And I'm sure we do have that here as well, but, um, yeah, that's just French architecture is just beautiful. And I think the thing as well about France is that, and this is one of the reasons that I really love it in that everywhere you go is so different and so diverse, um, and there's just so many different kind of environments to explore and so many cultures and like uh, traditions as well. Um, and they've got everything, you know, you can go to the north and you've got Paris, you know, lovely big city. Um, you've got Brittany with all their like lovely countryside um, and the coast there. Um, you know, you can go skiing in the Alps. You've got the south and the beaches and just beautiful French countryside, all the kind of vineyards as well. Um and you can go, I mean, I know we have kayaking here, but, you know, French rivers are just the whole, I don't know, a whole other level. I wouldn't particularly like to go swimming in an English river. I don't know about you, you both, but um, yeah, French rivers are lovely. Um, and then you've got like surfing as well. Um, if you kind of went to the southwest of the country. So you've got everything in one country. And they're also, um, I don't know, I think they just have really distinct identities and each place has their kind of strong traditions and they've got like for example food food is just such a a big thing in France um and you know each each place will have the kind of regional dish that they love um so it was really fun kind of getting to explore all the different spe specialties from um around France as well I did eat a lot of food gained <laughs> a lot of weight but had to be done I'm very much looking forward to the lunch break segment of today's podcast but first I'd like to ask you about the other places that you've visited in France Yes. So as you've seen my little list here, I mean, as I said, um, I was really fortunate with the placement in that you, the contract was quite short. So you had 12 hours, um, which means that I had like nice long weekends. And then the great thing about France as well is that you get lovely long half terms. So you get two weeks for your half terms, um, which was just really, really nice. So we did a lot of kind of um, road trips, I suppose. Um, and I think one of my best ones was um, the first October half term. So just as just as I'd kind of come to France, um, we went from Nîmes to like Montpellier, um, which is a bit of a bigger city. And then along to, um, gosh, I'm trying to remember now, Carcassonne, which is this kind of old fortress town. I think it's fortress where it's like a citadel where it's got the, it's a walled city, um, Carcassonne. And then we went up to Toulouse, which is lovely. Um, I think it's called the city of Rose or something like that. Um, and then up to Bordeaux to finish off, which again, is just an absolutely beautiful city. So I actually, um, after I graduated university, I was a language assistant again. Um, and I was in Bordeaux. So this is when COVID hit, I suppose that, that year. So unfortunately I had to leave a bit early. Um, I've actually still got some stuff in France. That <laughs> I need to go pick up my dressing gown and my, and my hairdryer from Bordeaux. <laughs> um, but yes, Bordeaux, again, another recommendation. If you like Paris, um, I definitely recommend Bordeaux because it's a bit like Paris, but 
um, you know, a lot more kind of laid back, but the, the architecture is still very kind of Parisian, very beautiful. Um, and then, of course, you've got the, the whole wine aspect of, as well, which is quite exciting. <laughs> um, and all the, all the vineyards around, which is lovely. And I would say, I think I learned, I learned a lot. Well, as I said, I'm not an expert on wine, but I did, I did learn a little bit, especially working in the restaurant. Another fun fact, I suppose, um, to do with wine is that I learned about um, the different varieties of the grapes and kind of what wine they produce. So I didn't know this before, but did you know that rosé comes from red wine grapes so the grapes they use are actually the same um it's just in the process red wine they keep the skin on which is where you get all of the like color and the strong taste from the skin and the tannins um and then rosé they take the skin off very very early you know only in there for a couple of hours yeah so they're actually kind of the same well it's the same grape but just a different process i think that's that's kind of crazy as well because red wine and rosé taste I, well, I think they don't taste anything like each other. Yeah, exactly. So, and they're made by the same grape. So. Yeah, yeah, literally. So it'll be exactly the same grape. It's just the process. So, yeah, very interesting. My little fun fact for you all. I'm enjoying these interesting <laughs> French facts. I know. I'm trying to find, I'm like, whatever, whatever fun facts have I got for you? <laughs> but as you can tell, I mean, there's just so many things. I, I feel like I've, I've got going now. And there's so many things I could talk to, talk to you about. Um but I think food, food. I can see you're thinking about the lunch break, aren't you? Food is a, a huge part. Um, and this is just one little fun story that I have. And something, again, that will just always stick in my mind is um, when I was working in the college, I used to run like an English games club, um, you know, trying to make language learning a bit more fun. Um, so we'd have learners in and they just, you know, we'd do lots of different English games. Um, and I used to have digestives or I'd have English biscuits with me you know be like I, I mean I'm not sure if that's the only reason they came or they just didn't want to be outside in the cold but I used to yeah supply them with biscuits and I kind of ran out of my supply of English biscuits so I went to a French supermarket um and to see if I could find any biscuits and I came across digestives so they did have them um but it was kind of the French McVitie's but this is how I don't know that there's a lot of kind of um I don't know what the word would be. French people don't think very highly of English food. Um, maybe many cultures don't think very highly of English food, but the kind of marketing of these biscuits. So on, on the box of the biscuits, and these are McVitie's as well. It says, um, c'est anglais, mais c'est bon, which means like they're English, but they're good. Like that was literally their, their kind of tagline, <laughs> like, oh, you know, we know they're English, but, you know, they're actually good. Um, yeah, so I can, <laughs> that did make me laugh. So you said that you studied French at uni. What made you decide to study French? Um, good question. So I think I've always loved French um, and France, as you can probably tell from the rest of this podcast. Um, but I think there's just something about learning a language which is just so important. Um, and it's not just about learning the actual language, you know, the grammar, the words, the vocab. Um, but it's about, you know, the culture as well. And I think you develop a lot of soft skills as well. So... I don't know if you'll remember from school, but a lot of kind of the activities will be debating, like debate this topic. And especially when you get to university, it'll be, um, I don't know, are you for or against this? And even if you're not, even if you don't agree with perhaps the statement, you know, you have to find the ways to to argue it. So it really does make you kind of think, um, I don't know, and broad, broaden your perspective there um, and trying to try to think um, about things differently. Um, and I think, you, yeah, so you develop those soft skills and just communication as well. Um, and I think a huge part of it was I really wanted to do the year abroad. Um, I think there's just something about when you when you move abroad, 
um, you're very much put out of your comfort zone. Um, and I think that's when you perhaps, I don't know, you you do really well. Um, maybe I've become too lazy here, but I think it was just, you know, I, I very much try to say yes to everything um, and just really embrace everything. And you get to meet so many different people as well. Um, you know, when you're, when you're in a foreign environment, you push yourself to go and visit these places or go and meet these people. Um, and I think that's probably why I've, ex I feel a bit guilty because I feel like I've explored so much more France than I have England. I mean, I've never been to Scotland. There's so many places in England that I've never been to before. Um, so maybe, yeah, and maybe I need to explore a little bit more of England, but yeah. Merci, Abby. Uh, I have a lot of questions to ask in the next segment, but for now, we're going to go to the lunch break. So this is the lunch break segment of the podcast where we ask our guests what their favorite food is. So Abby, can't talk about France without talking <laughs> about French food. So uh, what have you brought to the lunch break? I'm glad you said that because I was honestly trying to think of my favorite food. And when it comes to food, I'm so indecisive. Like, I don't know. I don't think I have a favorite, but I was like, I can definitely talk about some of my favorite French um that's some of my favorite French foods that I've discovered. So I thought I'd talk about um, galette. I don't know if either of you have ever had a galette. I haven't. Have no, you heard of galette before? What is galette? So it's like a savory crepe, really. Um, it's it's very yeah, as it's very similar to a crepe, but it's made from buckwheat. So it's very good for if anyone's gluten free. Um, but it's kind of a, a Brittany, um, a Breton dish. So yeah, it's a savory crepe, and you have lots of again savory fillings so the the traditional one is like the galette complete which is um you know ham cheese and like an egg cracked in the middle um so yeah people have that as their meal and you also have it with um traditionally you know if you were in Brittany, you'd have a little cup or a mug actually of cider um with your little galette meal um but yeah i can definitely recommend galette and anyone i think that there are some places in england that do them um, but it's also very easy to make at home. So if you're used to making pancakes, you can make galette um, and you just use buckwheat instead. So it's like a, a darker flour. In French, it's like bleu noir, which is like black flour. But yeah, so I can recommend galette. I think that's, yeah. I mean, there was an amazing restaurant in Nîmes that um, I always used to take. When, when friends or family came to visit, I'd always take them there. And I think by the end, they kind of knew my, <laughs> they knew my order. They knew what I was going for. Um, with the galette there and I think I mean it's very hard to narrow it down you can't talk about I don't know French food and not mention pastry as well I, of course yeah I mean that's just a whole another level French pastries I really miss like proper pan au chocolat because unfortunately I, I mean I, I, if anyone has any recommendations but I haven't been able to find a, a really you know flaky pan au chocolat in England is that the difference between uh, British pan au chocolat and French is more flaky? Yeah, it's just like the ones you get in England are really like bready, um, but it should be, you know, really lovely flaky pastry there. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just a whole level, another level. And the like baguette as well, like, oh, just, yeah, amazing. I mean, it, <laughs> oh, I want one now. But um, we'll, have to, we'll have to go find a pan au chocolat somewhere. Um, yeah. And I mean, so many desserts. I mean, I feel like I'm going to go on a little rant about French food now, but I'll, I'll stick I'll stick to my galette and um, pan au chocolat. How about confectionery? Ooh, sweets. Um, 
I don't know, I feel like I just filled myself up too much on pastries. I'd, I'd be like, that would be my confectionery. Um, that is the one thing. I do love Cadbury's chocolate and I know that's very British. And French chocolate, like they have all these fancy chocolate shops and whatnot. You know that, you know, they're like fancy, fancy chocolates. But I have to admit, I don't really get fancy chocolates. I'd much rather just a bar of Cadbury's, which I don't know, maybe I'm not fancy enough. But maybe French chocolate doesn't quite measure up. I don't know. They do have a lot of um, French sweets as well. So Haribo, actually in Uzes, if you visit Uzes, they have um, the Haribo factory, like a Haribo museum that you can go and visit. So I don't think it's actually French, but they have a lot of like French sweets there. So you have like Tagada, which is a French Haribo. Um, Nougat. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of French sweets now. <laughs> French wine as well. I have to add that in because, yeah. I mean, I think I, I miss that as well. It's just so cheap out there. It's just, I suppose it's kind of reversed. I mean, you can get a pint in a pub for a lot cheaper than you can in France. But I mean, you go to a supermarket, you can get a really decent bottle of French wine for like four euros. You wouldn't even, well, I don't know. You might want to risk a four, a four pound bottle of wine in England, but it might be slightly interesting. And they're also just so, this is what the one thing I think I love about French is, um, France as well is that they're so proud of their like nationality and their Frenchness and everything is French like you go into the supermarket there's very little that isn't French you have like all the cheeses only French um all the wines you know Isles and Isles and Isles or French wine and then a very small kind of reserved section for I don't know some of your new world wines it does make it very difficult choosing what wine to get though because in England you kind of go for like what's what's on what's on offer what oh that's a good price like yeah and then in, in France they're just all cheap and there's so many of them as well you're like oh gosh yeah this is the thing you can talk about French food for I mean this whole podcast we can turn into French food <laughs> we're all feeling hungry now <laughs> j'ai faim so this is the, fi the thing sorry I know that was really yeah, no, no, <laughs> going no. into a great then this is why no 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 but that's the, that's why it's really interesting learning their language like in French you yeah in English you say I am hungry yeah. but in French you say like je fam like I have hunger Abby merci that's the lunch break over so Abby I've got loads of questions and I find this a really fascinating topic so first of all I'd like to know what things in French culture would you like to see here? And inversely, are there any things from British or English culture that you'd like to see in France? Ooh, good question. Um, so I think, as I said earlier, like one of the things that I do love about, and maybe we are, but like French people are just so proud of their like their culture and their heritage. Um, and they have some really like strong local local traditions as well. And I think we do have that, but maybe not in the same way. Um, so for example, you know, um in Uzes they have like a fed water like in the south I mean maybe this isn't the best example but in the south they have um over the summer the fed votive so each village will have this like little party um and it's actually like bullfighting so maybe maybe not the best example but each kind of village will have like a celebration or like a party um yeah so I think having those kind of regional specialties and maybe I don't know maybe I'm being a bit too harsh Maybe we do have some regional specialties in England, but not quite in the in the same way, perhaps. Um, one thing that I would perhaps change, well, not change, but one thing that I think was very um, shocking, perhaps isn't the word, but when I arrived in France, like 
the strike culture there. And again, maybe, you know, it's both positive and negative, but I was just in shock at the number of like strikes that there always were. I mean, I remember the first week that I went to work, one of the days I couldn't get in because the bus, like the bus drivers are just on strike. So, you know, if the bus isn't running, <laughs> you can't get to work. Um, and there'd be like a strike every week. Trains were always on a strike. Um, and there's always like a little manifestation, like a little demonstration, which again is really good. I think maybe, maybe we do need more of that in England. Um, but I don't know. We're very polite, but we, I don't know. We, we do, we do kind of go on marches, um, and yeah, but I think it's, yeah, French people are really kind of strong in their beliefs. We didn't have the revolution. So we... No, exactly. We still, we still got the queenie. So, um, and the monarchy, um, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. I think it is very different. So things you'd like to see here and mm. things from like Britain that you'd like to see or adopted in France. Good question. Um, yeah, I'd say we can be be more. I don't know, but that's the Britishness. Like, I think that is our culture, like being, you know, very polite and being, I don't know. One thing that we, I remember kind of learning about at school and at university is that um, the French kind of immigration system is very different. Um, and, you know, in France, when you come to France, it's called like, assimilate, like you have to assimilate, you have to become French so your kind of culture is kind of pushed aside and that's one thing that I do really love about England like we just fully embrace it and we will celebrate everyone's culture and that's why perhaps we don't have like a national dish because we've got so many different national dishes um whereas France perhaps has that really kind of French culture because it is purely French um whereas you know in in England we've got lots of different cultures that we celebrate one thing that I did find um challenging was um so in France, they're a very kind of secular country. So they've got like you learn about equality, fraternity, laicité. Um, so it, state um, and church is separated, which, you know, is all very well and good. That's good, you know, to have that separation. But it meant that when it came to things like Christmas, you couldn't really celebrate, especially in school, you didn't really celebrate Christmas. So they didn't have any like nativities or carols. But then I can understand because that's just a, it is a very kind of Christian tradition. Um so I suppose, yeah, it was interesting to kind of, to separate the two there. Um, I found that celebrations were different. Um, one thing in France is that traveling around is so cheap within the country. Like it was really, I mean, I was able to visit all these places um, and go on these road trips because you've got the really cheap travel. So there's lots of like buses. I mean, a return bus will be like two euro. Um, I managed to go from like Nîmes in the south to Paris for like 15 euro on the train. Um, and they also have a lot of car sharing as well. So they have an app. I can't remember the name, um, but, and I don't think this really exists in England, but they do do a lot of car sharing. So for example, when we were going from, I don't know, Toulouse to Bordeaux, we just put in the app like, oh, I'm going, like, I'm going here on this date. And you see people who are driving there, put it on the app um, that they're driving there and you kind of join with them and you like split the cost of the petrol, um, which I think is a great initiative, you know, car sharing. Um, um, I don't know if I would try it in England. I definitely, I mean, when I did it in France, I was always with friends. I don't know if I'd do it by myself, but I think that's one great thing about France, the, the travel. And you mentioned that different regions of France have their own identity. So was there any cultural differences traveling across France that you found? Yeah, I I think so. I think each kind of 
place I mean I don't know if I'm being very stereotypical here but in Paris you know they always say they're not as friendly um you know it's a big bustling city I suppose it's very similar to London um and then you go to the south and everyone's very very kind of friendly and I think the thing about people in the south you know everyone in Paris speaks English well not everyone but a lot of people will speak English um and so when you try to speak French with them they'll just kind of reply to you in English whereas you go to the south and if you speak in French with them they will just love it like they really really appreciate it um but yeah it was I think traveling around you kind of have those unique identities oh yes this is one thing I wanted to talk about so with kind of unique identities I don't know if you have like labis so like when you say hello you kind of do the kisses on the cheek um and that's really really confusing because in the south you do three kisses you're like when you say hello to like anybody um you know if you go in your colleague in the morning your family when you meet someone for the first time um so you kind of do labis um so yeah it was three in the south but depending on where you go it's a different number so up up north like in paris for example it's two um so not only is it like the number that changes but it's also the side that you start on so um in the south it starts I think you kind of turn your head to the right. Um, whereas in Bordeaux, you started like from the left. So if you kind of met someone who was from a different place and you go to like awkwardly introduce yourself and like the amount of times I nearly kiss someone because you're like doing a weird little head jiggle, like, oh gosh, what am I doing? Um, yeah, I think that's a huge difference perhaps. And the language as well. I mean, French doesn't have um, quite so many accents, I think, as England does. But they do have regional languages. So kind of in the South, you have Occitan. So it's very old fashioned. And in like Brittany, you have like Breton. Um, and it will be kind of the older generation that speak this now. And it's very much like a, a patois. But yeah, that's really interesting. So kind of different places will have um, road signs with the um, like the, the secondary language almost. So Occitan, if you're kind of in the South there or if you're up in, um, I don't know, in Bordeaux, you have different signs there and different like name places um with the with the old kind of names so have you been to any other francophone countries um i'm trying to think now no i don't think that i have and that's the good thing with learning french as well is obviously you can go well i suppose i've been to switzerland which isn't purely francophone but um yeah france has so many different like you've got all the dom tom as well so you can go to like mauritius or like the martinique um canada as well so i was debating canada for my year abroad um but it sounds really silly but i don't know if you've ever heard like french speak like quebec french it's it's, yeah. it's very interesting i don't it, yeah it's, there's a very very strong accent there so i didn't really want to pick up the accent um you know rather than like to or it'd be like soon yeah um very strong accent there and also i suppose a lot colder over the winter um but i would love to go visit yeah some of the more tropical countries i was watching a french canadian film last week and it was like I was hearing the French language for the first time in a lot of places. Yeah. Ooh, what film was that? But honestly, like you listen to French and I'm just, I just, I can't, I can't understand it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I like, have to have subtitles. And a lot of the, it's not even just the accent, but a lot of their vocab is the same. Um, and it's kind of to do with like the linguistic history and how it devolved um, and how it like evolved and developed. So obviously French people went over to Canada and so it's kind of, changed in isolation over there so a lot of the words are still very old-fashioned and the pronunciation whereas you know metropolitan france is you know 
changed a lot and it's in Europe. So it's different influences there. Um, yeah, that's the one thing about the French films are interesting, I'd say. I mean, there are some really good ones out there. Um, I don't know if you've seen Les Antouchables. Have you seen? Yeah, I've seen most one, of it in yeah. French A-level, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know it is a classic like A-level film. Um, but yeah, Les Antouchables is an amazing film. They've actually done a remake with Kevin Hart, an American one, and I can't bring myself to watch it because the original is just so great. And I don't know if they, I don't know, maybe maybe someone can let me know if they've seen it. Have you seen it? No, no. I, I avoid it for that same reason. Yeah, yeah, if they just go in and butcher it. I don't know. But that's a really, a really good film. France has quite a big culture when it comes to cartoons, animation as well. Mm. Have you ever been to the Annecy Film Festival? Or any, no. That's a bit of a question, sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> so I, um, I, visit, I visited Annecy, but I also... I didn't get it. I didn't get to go and visit. So when I was in Bordeaux nearby, you have Angoulême, which is like a city that's nearby. And I think that's where, I don't, I don't know if it's like where they're called like Bidi, like where they started or they've got like a really strong kind of cartoon culture there. I think that, I think there must've been something that started there. I can't remember off the top of my head, but no, like if, if you go to Angoulême, they've got kind of street art everywhere to do with like the cartoons um, and like the, yeah, the cartoons there. But no, unfortunately, I didn't get to, to go and visit. So, Abby, when you went to France, how was that in the sense of being in a new place without your friends or family? Because I can imagine it's quite exciting to go, but mm -hmm. also quite daunting when you first step off the plane. So how was that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, as you say, it is very daunting because you're moving to like a completely new place. Um, I was quite fortunate in that I did have some connections in the place that I was going. So I had some kind of family friends out there. Um, so I wasn't kind of completely alone. Um, but as I said, I think this is why it's just, it's really good because it does put you out of your comfort zone and you do kind of go along to things that you wouldn't normally go along to. Like you force yourself to go down the pub with, well, not down the pub because they don't, that is one thing coming back to your question earlier, pubs. That's one thing I did miss. France needs more pubs. Um, anyway, sorry, getting sidetracked. Um, yeah, you do kind of force yourself to kind of meet other people so I used to kind of go to like language exchanges um and as I, I did become a bit of an expat so I kind of we had a good group of friends who were the other language assistants um not necessarily a bad thing because you know they weren't all English had lots of kind of American and Australian friends um the German language assistants as well um but yeah I think I just tried to to say yes to everything so I don't know, the, the lycée that I was working at was a vocational school as well, actually. Um, and the teachers used to have like a carving class that would be like their social thing. I think it was like on a on a Wednesday or Thursday evening. Um, so I went along to that because I was like, yeah, let's, let's, let's try some carving out. I don't know. Can't carve. But um, yeah, I think that was just the most important thing. And also traveling really helped, I think. Um, and so I used to kind of go with... Um, a good friend of mine who was another language assistant um, and we kind of stay in oh, this is just we weren't very bougie we weren't very fancy so we do like Airbnb but we do like the shared um, room where you know you just rent a room from someone um, and I think that was a really good experience because again you're meeting people um, because you're staying with like you're literally staying in their house um, so that was a really nice experience and you wouldn't kind of normally do that um, and you kind of staying in hostels, you get to meet like lots of different people there as well. Um, but yeah, the traveling and the, I think really helped. <laughs> While on the topic of uh, the school you was at as well, um, did you always plan on studying abroad or was that just a last minute decision that you made? 
Yeah, so I think that is one of the reasons I chose to study French because I did really want to um, study. Yeah, I did really want to study um, and have that year abroad experience. Um, and it's part of the university course. So third year, you have to you have to go abroad, which I think is really good. I don't actually know. I mean, I do feel really bad for anyone in the last couple of years who who've studied French or like a language at university because I don't. Well, I'm, I'm guessing they haven't had their their year abroad in the same way. And also, I mean, I'm not going to get political here, but I don't know how it also works now with Brexit and Erasmus, because I think I was the last year or one of the last years to benefit from Erasmus. Um, so it was just really easy, you know, to to go travel over to France and to stay out there for a long time, um, especially when I worked in the restaurant as well. I don't think you could do that anymore because you can't just go and work in like a restaurant for like a month or so over the summer. Um, you'd need like all the, the visas and whatnot. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I did always want to do my year abroad and I was very, very glad that I did. And I think that's why I went back after uni as well, because I just had such a great time the first time round. And I think that's the thing of like when you graduate and you don't really know what you're doing. Um, so I just chose to run away, to, run away to France and do it all over <laughs> again. I have a, one more question. Did you cross anything off your bucket list while you were in France? Did you do anything that you've always wanted to do there? Um, I'm trying to think now. I'm like, oh, how adventurous was I? <laughs> um, did I cross anything off my bucket list? I mean, I got to um, um, yeah, I got to visit lots of places that I always wanted to visit and kind of travel around. Um, I'm trying to think what was the most kind of devil thing I did. Um, I don't know really. I mean, I got a piercing, but that's not very exciting. <laughs> um is there anything else I, I think I know I keep talking about it but it was just the traveling aspect and I think um some of the like trips that we did were just amazing so I remember once um one half time we kind of went from Nice Um, this is kind of going out of France but we went from Nice um into Genoa in Italy and then up to like Milan and then Turin and then I had some friends who were doing their year abroad in Barcelona so I flew from Turin to Barcelona and then met up some, with some other language assistants there and we went from Barcelona to Morocco <laughs> came back to Barcelona and then headed back um so I don't know if it's a bucket list thing but I think just all the traveling and I finally learned how to like pack lightly as well which was a big achievement because yeah I think I think I did those two weeks in like with just a little hand luggage suitcase even though I did take like it was really bad six suitcase I don't know I took a lot of stuff out there with me um, an old habit, I suppose. Something that a lot of people who speak a second language come across is that they almost develop like a second personality when they're speaking a different language. So did that happen to you when you were learning French? Yeah, I think the, your voice does really change and that's a big part of like your personality. I do, I do feel like my voice sounds a bit funny when I speak in French. Um, and I also like, I mimic a lot. So in the south they do have a bit of like a twang as well so I kind of found I was picking up a bit of like the the southern twang there as well um yeah good question so I think I probably did kind of pick pick things up a little bit um and I think especially well where I was teaching um in schools kind of have a bit of a second personality there I'm sure a lot of teaching staff can relate to this you know when you're in front of a class of students you do kind of have that second personality um, you're up there presenting and this is why I mean British Council is great because you're not only teaching them um, the English language but you're also teaching them about English culture as well 
all the lovely English food that we have, <laughs> our traditions. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm still probably very British. I, mm, yeah, maybe need to learn to be a bit more opinionated. <laughs> Lastly, I just want to ask, what is your favourite French saying? Oh, my favourite French saying. So this is the thing. I feel, I haven't spoken French for over a year now since I've been there. Um, I really like... Um, oh gosh, I feel like I'm just going to butcher the pronunciation because I haven't spoken French in so long. But they have like a, it's called like un coup de coeur, which is like missing like a heart, like your heart stops. Um, and yeah, I think I, I just love that saying because it was very much like, <laughs> this is just me loving Uzes as well. Like it was just a beautiful place and you did have that just feeling where like your heart is just like, wow, this is just amazing. Like I walk up the street and just see like where I was living and be like, this is just amazing. Like very, yeah gratifying experience wonderful well thank you very much for joining us abby and as i've said earlier it it is really fascinating hearing about france it's such an interesting country to me because as you're saying there's so many different identities and uh different aspects to the culture it really has got me interested in uh learning french again amazing yeah thank you very much for having me i mean this was literally just the dream for me i get to talk to people about france for like (laughs) as long as i want to i hope that people didn't find it too boring i mean if you do love france as well or you want to talk about france or talk in french then yeah i'd be very happy to do so um any travel recommendations as well i mean i just can't wait till we can properly travel again that would just be be really really nice um practice the french again as well um but yeah thank you very much for having me I'm trying to think of how to say the, the last bit. Oh, yeah. If you'd like to be on. Si vous souhaitez, like if you wish, si vous souhaitez d'être dans le podcast de BBC, n'hésitez pas à contacter Nathan or Bailey or the digital learning team. Can we just edit that into the end? Or <laughs> yeah. just add that in. Okay. <laughs> if you'd like to be on the podcast, send us an email we're digital learning at bdc.ac.uk we'll be back in two weeks with another podcast episode au revoir au revoir au revoir